Welcome to the Wolf Admin Podcast. Since it is Memorial Day, I'm not going to be producing a new episode, but I wanted to share a project that Dr. Drew Bateman and I have been working on called the iDocumentaries Podcast. Today, I'll share a snippet of one of our first episodes with Dr. Bob Vandervoort on this feed. And the goal of the podcast is to explore the history of our profession, where we were, where we are, and where we're going. While you're enjoying this first episode, you can subscribe to the iDocumentary podcast by typing in E-Y-E-D-O-C-S into the search tool of your favorite podcast app. So I think, I think Bob, um, and, and Drew, you can jump in anytime you want, but um, I think, Bob, what, what I would love to hear is sort of, you know, I've heard it not a little bit from you, but not in as much detail as I'd like to hear um, and, and I've heard it a lot from my dad too, but kind of how you came to Nebraska, um, kind of your history in the profession, where where things started, what what brought you to Nebraska? I think that would be really helpful. Okay. Well, whenever I whenever I do presentations to our staff uh, about why they're sitting there listening to this, as I always point back with a picture of Bob Carey when he was governor of Nebraska, and there's a. Um, there's a quote that was uh, published in a in a little uh, uh, rag journal that uh, ophthalmology publishes called the Pen Physicians Eye Network is what it stood for, and they had a headline: Bob Governor Kerry vetoes dangerous optometry bill, and that was the headline. And hmm. in 19, I think it was 84ish, uh, the we passed a bill. I was not here at that time. I was in California. Um, but Nebraska passed the first therapeutics bill and the governor vetoed it. And the governor vetoed it on the premise that there were no in-state facilities to train optometrists clinically about treating eye disease. And, uh, and that was the basis of his veto. So, um, what happened at that point, uh, is that at the same time that's going on, there was a publication in Review of Optometry, and on the cover of it was a picture of Paula Jamian, Bill Wallace, and, and an ophthalmologist named Ralph DiOrio. And hmm. it's a famous picture, and it shows uh, Paul and Bill sitting in, in front of the ophthalmologist with a laser, with a, a slit lamp with a laser coming out of it you know, towards, towards the reader. And it says, uh, Optometry's answer to one-way referrals. Uh, was the, was the cover, and they were uh, had just started doing referral centers uh, at that time. They started with what was originally called the Vision Education Foundation, uh, yep, which, and uh, but the VEF, and but it that kind of folded, and it was taken over by another company um, called Omni Eye Services, and Omni Eye Services teamed up with Bill Wallace and Paula Jamie and, and Ralph DiOrio and opened the first referral center in Atlanta, Georgia. Called Omni Eye Services. And Paul's still there, isn't he? And Paul is still the original center director and and still there. Actually, Bill Wallace may have been the original center director and then Paul took it over when Bill left. Um, but this company was set up to set up uh, to start referral centers around the country and to recruit an ophthalmologist and an optometrist and the optometrist to be the center director and the ophthalmologist to be the medical director and and then the the company would be finance it and act as kind of a arbiter between the optometrist and ophthalmologist. Um, original idea was to actually form limited partnerships in each location and have the ODs buy in as a limited partners. 
And so, mm-hmm. uh, at the, politically, you know, you, the, there were, these, these were being established at the exact same time that Bob Kerry had vetoed our bill, our, our vetoed the Nebraska bill. It wasn't our, my bill yet because I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And they, <clears throat> um, uh, they started to talk to Omni Eye Services about establishing a referral center in originally Lincoln was where it was supposed to be. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, but then later on, they just said, no, we need the population of Omaha to make this thing work. And, uh, and so it got switched to Omaha. I was on faculty at Southern California College of Optometry at the time. And, uh, Vicki, you know, of course was uh, an OD at that time, just had graduated and was from Iowa and we wanted to get out of Southern California. And so, uh, on our honeymoon, we ran into Bill Wallace in Hawaii at the American Optometric Association <laughs> Convention <laughs> and uh, yes. in the lobby of the Intercontinental Hotel on Maui. And, and I said, hey, how's the VEF doing? And Bill goes, it's not VEF anymore. It's Omni. And I go, well, I'd be interested mm. in being a center director in the Omni system. And and so uh, uh, I finagled myself onto a CE program to come to Nebraska <laughs> in 1984 to get myself in front of the docks in the fall of 84. and and um, uh, and that, that CE program went very, very well. And at the end of it, I had, they knew I was wanting to put my name in the hat to be the center director for the center in Omaha. In Omaha and I, uh, threw my name out there and everybody was real excited about that. So we, uh, we got to come to Omaha and establish the first referral center. At that time, um, there weren't any practices co-managing patients with optometrists. Uh, and, and of course doing post-op care for Cataract surgery was extremely controversial, um, and uh, ophthalmologists were being blackballed if they allowed that to happen. And yeah, uh, uh, and that that's carried on well in for decades. Uh, it's well, it pops up Bob, now. can you? I think um, I think what would be really uh, helpful is to to sort of I mean that that's the kind of story that that I was looking for. But can you kind of put a pause on that? I want to come back to it and sort of give our our listeners an idea of, you know, what, what it was like. I mean, that's what I, you know, really want to dig into what it was like in the eighties to, um, to have a patient that needs professional services that you're not authorized to provide. And, you know, what does that look like? And, and how, you know, obviously like we're talking about one way referrals, right? That's, that's what you were there to solve. But I mean, I, I just want, I think it's really challenging for us to wrap our minds around that in today's day and age. And yet the rhetoric from ophthalmology has become so, so different where before it was optometry has no part of this team. Now the rhetoric is, well, we can't, optometry can do all these things, but they're a way better part of it if we can control them, just like we heard last week in, in the legislature. Right. Um, so kind of take a step back and, and give me a sense, if you can. Uh, and drew a sense of, if you can, of what that really felt like and yeah. what it was like. Kind of, kind of on top wow. of that, Bob, if like, so ni- 1984, you're setting up these referral centers, um, you know, and, and from a time or 1985. All right. So fr- from a, from our listener standpoint to like, kind of understand at that point in time, the average optometrist in terms of, you know, where were we at therapeutics wise and, and what kind of things were, were we already able to take care of if we, if we chose to, uh, versus what types of things were people referring out, um, around that timeline? Uh, there wasn't, well, there's no TPA. You could dilate a patient and, mm-hmm. uh, you could 
manage ocular hypertension as long as you didn't want to do any prophylactic treatment from a, you know, if you had an, a patient need an antibiotic or anything, you could not prescribe it. And of course, you couldn't bill sure. Medicare at that point either. So hmm. um, uh, as an optometrist, we weren't included in Medicare. So it was sure. very difficult. If you, re, if you had to refer a patient, the, the ophthalmologist typically would just steal the patient and the family and, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. whether that was for surgery or whether it was for a red eye or, or whatever. And uh, at that time, there was a, a push to try to use more over-the-counter antibiotics, um, uh, even though they aren't, weren't ophthalmic. Uh, Lou Catania was, uh, huh. was out lecturing and pushing people saying, you know, these drugs are the same. It's the same stuff. It's just that they're, they're putting in a sterile a tube and calling it ophthalmic, and yet the minute it touches the eyelid, it's no longer sterile. So you're really dealing with the same drug. So there was ointments, mm. over-the-counter ointments that people were trying to play with a little bit. Um, but mm. you were pretty well stuck. Uh, you you just couldn't, and patients, you know, didn't come to you for that problem. Uh, right. know, mm-hmm. It was it was uh, uh, so it, it was just a very difficult. Um, thing to get your head around i you know i was in a great position because i had an ophthalmologist and or right at least eventually i didn't right away but i uh, eventually had an ophthalmologist and so that's how we were able to, to, to carry things and, and get the patients back to the referring optometrist and, and we opened um in the uh well in may of 85 but it was when we officially opened but the ophthalmologist joined us uh first one was russell temple um, and he joined us in August of 85 and was with us for two years and then left. So what the, happens in, sorry, Bob, go ahead. Go ahead. And then he left in, in, in 87 to go back to, to Texas. But, uh, it, it was, but we also then at that point in 85 is when the first 407 process occurred. I mean, cause, uh, the mm-hmm. time from the veto, uh, of, of Carrie, then, Senator Wesley got 407 process passed, and so Vicky and I wrote the very first 407 application along with the executive director of the association at that time, a guy named Dave Coons. And we, we sat down and we wrote back and forth. If you enjoyed this first piece of this episode, be sure to subscribe to the iDocumentary podcast by typing in E-Y-E-D-O-C-S into the search tool of your favorite podcast app. Have a great day. We'll catch you on the next episode.